It's time for something out of the ordinary. I was a guest on Besides the Norm podcast, and I'm including it for you as episode 48 of the Be Yourself and Love It podcast. Hello folks, welcome to the Besides the Norm podcast. My name is Scoob, Monk is on the line as well. What is happening? You good? You good? How are you doing? I'm fucking fantastic, man. Dying of the cold, but I'll live. <laughs> That's, I don't know, I'm getting there as well. Uh, we have Antis Anthony Samaroff on the line from the Scottish Liberty Podcast. Good to have you, man. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's been a long time coming, so I'm glad to be here now. Definitely. I mean, we've been speaking for probably about a year and a half, <laughs> trying to get this organised, <laughs> all in all. Because uh, right. we, we, we met through Cars Paul. That's right. Ultimately. Uh, um, several times returning guest of the Besides the Norm <laughs> podcast, I believe. Yes, yeah, so, and he's also been on your podcast at some point as well. Yeah, right? yeah, he was he was on quite early days of our podcast to discuss <laughs> his uh, political transformation. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So wh- what I'll get to do, what I'll get you to do is uh, if you could introduce yourself uh, to everybody, that would be fantastic. Hi there, I'm Anthony Samroff. I'm in personal development. I'm a coach and counsellor and I wrote a short book. It's free called Procrastination Annihilation. I know a lot of people, myself included, have had uh, problems with procrastination. You can get that for free at beyourselfandloveit.com forward slash do it. Apart from that, my um, other passion is political liberty and I'm notoriously the co-host of the Scottish Liberty podcast along with Tom Laird. Oh, I should mention if you are a podcast lover, which I think that you probably are um, listening at home uh, I also now have Be Yourself and Love It podcast, which is just all on personal development topics I've got stuff on uh, having good relationships, improving your productivity and motivation, all the kinds of things that you need to live a happy life. So that's been going for a wee while as well. Be yourself and love it podcast. And I guess we're just here to shoot the shit and have a good chat today. Basically, <laughs> yes. basically aye, aye. Is it the, when you first sent this procrastination uh, book, I was immediately, uh, I'm fucking terrible for procrastinating. And I don't, I don't know if Craig can speak for yourself on this. Are you just as bad? Yeah, I'm rubbish. Aye, it's really, really bad. I've, I've had, supposed to have a, a couple of videos done within the past few days, and I've been putting it off and putting it fucking off. Right. I know and, uh, we've, we've not had a chance to read the book either, which is fucking great irony <laughs> as well. Uh, so uh, could you give us uh, like a wee bit of an outline of the book, uh, kind of what direction you were going in for that? Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you for asking. It's a very short book, so you can read it in about two hours, and it is it does follow a very intuitive logical structure it's Mm. not a waffly philosophical book about the psychology of procrastination it's very practical it is a how-to book it is a how to overcome procrastination book it's a tool Mm. it's not like um a navel gazing uh, philosophy book so it gets right into the meat and potatoes i identified five major mindsets that were getting in the way of me and later on the clients that I work with in my uh, coaching practice way. I don't want to go into too much detail uh, because you can get all the details in the book. So yeah. um, basically one is all or nothing thinking, which is I need to change now completely and be a different person 
or there's no point. So, oh, so there's no point doing sit-ups today because I probably won't do them tomorrow. So, <laughs> so I'm not. So that's all-or-nothing thinking. There's no point in doing one thing because I can't do everything. Right. Yeah. The second one is perfectionism, which is you. You know what that is. Basically, don't want to get. Don't even want to get started because I can't meet my own standards and it's scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does that sound? That. Does that sound familiar? Okay. It's <laughs> home too hard, actually. To yeah. Do you want to say anything about that? Was it that, that I've been really bad for that in the past? The, the original, the uh, there's no point in doing this if I can't. Uh, what, what, sorry, what was the first part you said again? Sorry. Yeah, there's no point in doing one thing because I can't change everything, and I probably won't yeah. do the other stuff anyway. So. Yes, that is <laughs> yeah. that is the major leading issue for me. Is that I put that in my head, and I'm like, cool. So I don't need to do it now. That's always a fucking excuse that comes up in my head, right. even I'm though not... I know it's utterly stupid at the same time. I'm not so much the first one, it's, it's the perfectionist one that comes to me. I hate mm. the thought of doing things because I never feel like I'm able to do it as well as I want to be able to do it. And I don't know if that's perfectionism or whether it's just me not being as good as I want to be, but right. it's, it's really painful. Yeah, and it's probably both um, you not being as good as you want to be. and um, Because what I say, basically, if you're a creative person, the chances are... You're creative because you've got good taste. You like good stuff, right? So if you're an artist or a writer, you probably have good taste in art or in books or whatever you're into. Now, the thing is, if you try and learn anything, you suck at it at first. Everyone, <laughs> yes. everyone who's learned anything has sucked at it at first. So when you try and do the thing that you want to create, you notice that your standard of work doesn't match up to your good taste. You know what you know what's good, and you ain't there yet. So what my what the section in perfectionism does is give you a couple of tools to deal with that, to improve your skill level, so that you approve of your own work more and do it in a low pressured way. And I have to say, I'm really glad that you've all, I've just said the, the two first mindsets, uh, but you guys each identify with at least one of them. So yeah. I'm lucky because, well, people have sent me emails saying like, reading this book is like, it's like you've read my mind, like you, <laughs> you, you really know what I'm going through. So that's the first thing you will get out of the book, like you'll feel like I understand you, I think, because I struggled very badly with procrastination. So this isn't written by someone who's like a productivity machine who's going to minimise your problems. I know how horrible it is. So mm. I appreciate that. There's three other mindsets that I go through quite briefly. One I call fatalism, which is uh, like, basically, fatalism comes from the word fate. It's like, there's nothing I can do about it. Life's just like this. You know, I'm never going to be any better. There's no yeah. point starting since I'll never finish. Even if I do it today, I'll still feel crap tomorrow. You know, uh, even even if I finish, no one will read it. Like fortune telling, and I, yeah, yeah. I, I I give some ways of dealing with that mindset. Then I say seeing things as things to be done rather than things to do, which I think is a major block from procrastinators. And I never read this or saw this in any YouTube video. I came up with this one myself through my own introspection. I realized that everything became a job, right? I don't get to read this book. I want to read this book as quickly as possible so that I can move on to the other pile of books I want to read, and, and etc. And the problem with that is it turns everything into a chore. 
Yeah. And uh, and you don't want to do these things because you don't see them as exciting. It's just like it's another job I have to do. And finally, I talk about just having low moods and a number of like I don't feel like it. I just don't feel like it. Well, the thing is, you never feel like it. You never feel like it until you get started. So that's the first part of the book. The sec, the first part of the book is kind of more about the psychology of procrastination, and that that takes up maybe the first um, third or, or two fifths of the book. And then the rest of the book is practical tools, how to step by step go from being a not very conscientious person to being a person that does some things regularly and you get some feeling good about that and then over the course of time it helps you form a three-month course but obviously after those three months if it works for you you can keep on practicing the techniques and you'll become more and more productive not tomorrow but over the course of time you will gradually get more and more productive so there's no magic wand there's no woo-woo. I don't promise to change you or, or, or overnight. And it's very, very realistic. It's very, very practical. And if you get it at procrastination, sorry, if you get it at beyourselfandloveit.com forward slash do it, you'll see for yourself, you know, as I said, it takes about two hours to read. So you can read it once quickly and then keep on coming back to the sections that really speak to you you know read them again and again while you have still have the same problem so that they become part of who you are and that will help you that will help you so i'm all i have talked a lot i hope you don't mind but i'm all open to a bit more of a discussion back and forth now that now that i've outlined the structure of the book oh that's okay that's sorry when you go i have a better question please Uh, people often confuse procrastination and laziness. Do you have a sort of a difference? Do you have a way to explain if there's a difference or and if there is a difference, what the difference would be between the two things? Yeah, thank you. That is such an important question. Personally, I don't actually believe that any such thing as laziness exists. No one is lazy when they're passionately engaged in something. Now, if you saw a big, strong guy like... I don't know, lift up the two front wheels of a car and um, then you saw a weedy guy try and do it, he wouldn't be able to pick it up, right? Now, you you would see the difference instantly why that weedy guy can't pick it up and why that strong guy can pick it up because that guy's got great big muscles, right? But right. If, if you want to, say, write a novel and... Stephen King wants to write a novel or your your pal wants to write a novel and he's like writing three or four every hours a day and everyone goes, wow, he's a machine. Like that guy just reads. Or, you know, Stephen and Craig always talk about uh, writing that book together, but, you know, they're just lazy. Well, you can't actually tell the difference between the in, inner world of two individuals. And what I think laziness mostly is, is anxiety. Um, sometimes a low low grade or even high grade depression and other um basically people do not avoid tasks people don't avoid tasks they avoid emotions right see if you i don't know what stuff you procrastinate over craig but you mentioned that you're really perfectionist about it that means you experience anxiety because when you have to open up that project you go oh like i'm gonna have to think about it and i'm not quite in the right state of mind yet like and you freeze up 
right? And you don't want to do it. So you go and do something easier that doesn't cause you anxiety. Now, someone who's not a procrastinator and has never been a procrastinator does not experience that anxiety. So it's easy for them to do it. So, so the book is really giving you a series of approaches that will help you gradually, gradually, gradually accept the reality of your emotions, such as anxiety, and work on ways a little bit every day to become less anxious and also to improve your skills so that you meet your standards more often, so that the work's less anxiety-provoking. Another example is you, you were talking about laziness right when i was growing up i was not comfortable using my body i'm still you know i would be the last person picked for football and uh, you know i just i didn't like doing sports because my body didn't feel comfortable that's probably why i'm such yeah, yeah. an that's probably why i'm such an intellectual because i didn't need to use my body to read or to to learn about things or to listen to podcasts or yeah, yeah. so but mm-hmm. but, but if so, people were like loading boxes onto the back of a, a van and I felt too self-conscious to help because I wasn't comfortable using my body, they might have thought I was lazy. But the fact is, I later found out that I had various conditions, like my the, the muscles in my legs were unreasonably tight, my shoulders were too far forward, uh, um, so I was hunched over. And like, so, so my body was not, It was only through, like, in the last year and a half, you know, taking up yoga and all sorts of things like that, that I've began to straighten out these problems. And now I feel like I can go to a gym class and actually enjoy it for the first time in my life. But no one sees that. They only saw that I wasn't helping with the boxes. So it's like that. That's People see people not doing things and they think they're lazy. But the truth is they've got certain issues which they've not found a way to deal with yet and no one's explained that to them or given ways to improve them mm-hmm. can, I, can I bring up an example of like, well, obviously uh, we are both kind of large uh, gentlemen right <laughs> fuck. Well, the real uh, one. Fuck. yeah yeah we'll just say fuck, fuck it. it's, it's quicker <laughs> right uh, but I've seen Craig falling into that trap a few times I know that Craig has back problems but people don't take that into consideration just assume that Craig's no good, and then it's the same thing. We're lifting things, or yeah. kind of like the sort of uh, major exertion things. Yeah. Um. Uh, so Craig kind of falls into that trap a lot, and I feel myself getting dragged into that trap as well because I'm like, mm. "Oh, you're being lazy," and I'm like, "Oh no, no, no it's your back." I forget myself right. sometimes, so right. it, it, I've done that quite a lot. It's right. Bad. Yeah, and the thing is, it's such a burden being overweight, you know. Things that are easy for other people are difficult for you. And it's easy to just go into the, oh, it's too hard. It's, there's no point. You know, it's very difficult, especially when you know that it's a problem. Again, come back to that all or nothing thinking that you wouldn't be able to go from, like, even if you had loads of energy today and you decided to do as many press ups as you could or whatever, you know, you went for a long walk. And it's not the kind of thing that you can sort overnight. The fact yeah. that the fact that it requires a commitment is very, very scary for a procrastinator because a procrastinator's feelings, emotions vary so widely from day to day that you think, even if I do it today, even if I do all the right stuff today, tomorrow I might just feel like crap and then I won't be able to do it again and then I'll be so disappointed with myself 
for getting off to a good start and then not following through. And no one wants to face that disappointment. Yeah. I mean, I've also fallen the same trap that Stephen's talking about where I'll, uh, I'll overstate how much I think I'm able to do. Like, for right. instance, I, I agreed to paint my mum's fence mm. for her. Mm-hmm. And then about, about a quarter of the way through, I was like, oh, shit, I cannot finish this painting. So mm-hmm. I had to stop. And then I felt mm-hmm. rubbish for that yeah. because I'd overstated how much I was able to do and I didn't think realistically about how much I was literally able to do. And then did, failure. Did you, feel like, did you feel like people were talking about you as well behind your back and shit like that? And... Of course, I. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm the young son. Oh, so right. the, young son, the young son not being able to do what a young son is meant right. to do because that's what I'm saying. I've done the same thing as well, and you kind of automatically feel that people are going, "Ah, you're fucking, you're this, this young guy." But it's like, "Ah, fucking, we're far people." Right. It's <laughs> fucking Do you think you're? So it sounds like you think you're cast in a role, and your role is like, "Oh, you know, Craig, he's kind of unreliable. He says he does things, and then he doesn't." And you you feel like that labeling of you. And then sometimes when you live up to that role, like you feel really rubbish. Yeah, uh, I try my best to not put myself in these situations that I know I can't fill. But occasionally I'll fall into the trap of uh, falling into the role that I assume other people have for me. And then that's when I start to feel shit. Whereas if I agree to do something like uh, update a website or write a, a, a blog post for someone mm, mm. or write an article, I could do that. Quite right. easily because it's not physical exertion. It's yeah. fine. I can sit down yeah. for yeah. a few hours and just think for four hours. That's fine. But it's other places that I feel other people are able to do and I'm not able to do that starts the problems. Right, right. And when it comes to like physical activity, you really feel the exertion and, you know, um, those things don't come easily to you. And when yeah. you. Right, right. I mean, that's not even uh, as a fat person. That was when I was uh, not thin, but when I was less fat as well. Mm. I mean, I was born with back problems. It wasn't right. something that I've gained later on in life. That was it's been a it's been a lifelong thing. Yeah, yeah, and that's just something that you kind of popped into the world with and uh, something that you need to manage or, or have boundaries around. Yeah. You know, you need the self-knowledge to be aware of what you can manage and what you can't. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's go off the kind of therapy stage. I feel like we're yeah. going to start crying <laughs> in five minutes. I'm so, yeah. money at this point. That's right. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what your audience thought of that. And I certainly appreciate you guys digging deep and making it personal, like, um, because that does take balls and um, oh. not everyone does it all the time. We do that quite a lot on podcasts. We kind of go a bit too deep. But so, it's sometimes just, too much, eh? Sometimes too much. But uh, mm. aye. We're used to doing it now. That doesn't really matter to us too much. But, uh, oh, yeah. I, I want to, to get back a wee bit. Um, uh, what was the... Did you have like an original spark of an idea for this book? And then did you have to kind of work on the idea you were going to set and stuff like that? So did you procrastinate a wee bit on your procrastination book is what I'm asking? Well, I appreciate you asking that. Um, Mm. I went to India to a yoga retreat because, uh, not because I'm so like, 
dedicated and luxurious that you know I'm going to go but the reason why is I knew I never would have had the discipline to do it every day without a structure like school you get up at a certain time in the morning you go to class so that's what I did right and on and before I went I had a bunch of projects that I was working on and I was feeling not so confident because I didn't really know how I should present the world myself to the world like which book should I finish first etc I really didn't know but when I left I was in the airport and I started tapping into my phone my ideas like my thoughts about the mindsets that make you procrastinate and my method. And I really thought that this was something that I was going to be able to write in like 10 or 20 hours. Like, boy, you know, <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought I'd just be able to ship it off quickly. But very quickly, I, know, I was like, wow, there's a short book in here. Definitely, definitely. And right away, I knew this was my calling for the moment. This is what I had to... This, is, this was the one thing that I had to write. Because... I'd already become a lot less procrastinatory over, say, the, especially 2017. Like, I became much more productive. So I already had my method outlined in my head. And I was like, well, why am I teaching this method? So the book was an uh, expression. The, the point of the book was to, to teach the Samaroff method for overcoming procrastination, which I get into in the second half of the book. Um, and... I didn't procrastinate on it very much. And the reason for that is, before I went to India, I'd already built up the discipline of writing every day for half an hour, no matter what. Now, that wasn't easy at first. I had to set my alarm for half an hour, and some days it was hard, and some days it was easier. But over the course of time, it got easier. <laughs> the the yoga really helped because it increased my energy and the clarity of my mind and all these things. So when I got back, I was maybe working on this book um, two to three hours a day, five days a week, I'd say on average. And the the only reason why I could do that is I first started a practice, a smaller practice of doing it half an hour a day. And I maybe had had that practice for nine months or something like that. So when I had a project to dedicate myself to, it was much easier for me because of the previous work that I'd done. And I teach all this stuff in the book. I teach you how to choose small manageable stuff and make them into little routines so you don't need to rely on your willpower so much. After a while, habit takes over. And uh, so... I do still procrastinate on many things, uh, still procrastinate on doing my yoga and other stuff that involves using my body. That's that's still a challenge for me, but it's all getting better. It's all going in the right direction. So, yeah, I, get, I, I, I appreciate the question. No problem. I opened up the book there. Uh, I remember because when you first sent me the book, I had to look at the first few pages. Um, and there was a quote, uh, I'm going to go through this right now. Mm. Uh, Hi, I'm Anthony Samaroff, host of the Be Yourself and Love It podcast and author of 20 incomplete books, all of which <laughs> are scheduled to come out sometime over the next decade. Right. It, it really sets a tone for the book right there. Right. Because <laughs> it shows you're somebody experienced in procrastination straight away sort of thing. So it's no, it's not like, uh, can it, I'm better than you sort of thing. Here's a book on how we avoid all this uh, silly things you're going through sort of thing. Yeah, and I appreciate you bringing that up because that's the first 
crack in the book. Like, there's a lot of humour in the book. I've tried to make it funny, and people have complimented me on the, the tone. <laughs> I seriously considered not including that line in there, because I thought, oh, what if people go, well, why am I reading this guy? But every, t- <laughs> but every time I showed it to someone before I put it out, or I read it to someone, they never showed any indication that I shouldn't leave it in. So I left it in, and I appreciate you saying it sets the tone, because one thing I really like is, see if you read the book and you've never heard of me before, I feel like you would think that you knew me, uh, because my own sense of humour and my personality comes out in the writing. So I feel like that that's one thing I really like about it. I think it's quite authentic that way. I don't really hold anything back about my own struggles. I talk about some of the difficulties that I've faced, so I'm no better than anyone else. I'm just trying to figure it out. And now that I've figured some of it out, I've just kind of put that out to share it. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I makes things easier to digest as well. It doesn't put you on a on a on a pedestal anymore, it sort of brings you down to the same level as everybody else. Right, because no one wants to read it and go like, oh, this guy's never, this guy doesn't understand how hard it is for me. Like, it's easy for him to say it's easy to overcome procrastination. Like, what does he know? He doesn't uh, know, you know. Um, and that's not the case. Like, as you'll f- discover from the book, I really understand the problem quite intimately. It's clear that, you know, it's something that's given, caused me a lot of misery. And yeah, I'm pleased to be on my way up the ramp. And, you know, I could not have finished this book without the techniques that I teach in the book itself. So the book is proof, the book is proof of its own um, effectiveness. Mm-hmm. You said you've uh, sort of received feedback from people. Have people been sort of taking some of, the, some of your uh, ideas into consideration and working on them? Have you had any feedback like that yet? Oh, yeah, yeah. People are mm-hmm. saying that they're um, they're now, like, listening to my podcast while they tidy the house, which is something that they've been putting on for out for years, you know, clearing up, clearing out their rooms that are full of stuff. Excellent, uh, excellent. You know, <laughs> other, other people, like, because it does this, there's a method in the book, and one of them is to choose one thing, and just a small thing, and do it every day for two weeks without missing a day to improve your confidence. And it can it can be like very very small. So I've got I've had uh, people messaging me saying I've just finished my the first thing that I've done for two weeks. I did it every day without missing a day, and I'm on to adding a second one. Uh, I've had messages like that. And uh, so that's that's the that's the goal, you know. The goal, I the goal is to help people. That's what I put it out for free because I want to release it to as many people as possible. Excellent, excellent. So uh, I want to get into a bit of your uh, what you do for uh, your sort of main job. You're you've been a therapist uh, for how long? How long have you been doing that now? Oh, in some form or another, six or seven years. I started right. out running workshops on improving communication skills, and uh, it was very informal when I took on clients at first, and then I went and got some some education and some qualifications and things like that. So yeah, six or seven years. Yeah, it's been very broad. I get people who are dealing with anxiety, people who are trying to improve their productivity, especially since I've put this video out. Um, People who are 
having relationship difficulties or um, trying to get more of a sense of belonging, people who know that they've inherited wounds from their childhood and have never really got a chance to speak about the difficulties that they experienced during their childhood and they want to recover from those. Um, it's very, very broad and uh, that's that's great for me because I, I you know I love people and I, I'm just there to support people and what they want to uh, recover from I kind of see myself as like a people gardener you know when you go out into the garden if you, you don't just water all the plants you look at each individual plant and see what they need and try and give them the right quality of attention to help them grow and I think that is really what people are recovering from regardless of the manifestation of the problem whatever they think their problems are they usually stem from the fact that when we grow up we don't get the quality of attention that we need to fully thrive to discover what our gifts are and to develop those gifts and you know my podcast is called be yourself and love it my website's be yourself and love it.com that's kind of my what i want to do is help people love love their lives you know love being themselves and um so so regardless of what difficulties they are like getting the right it's like getting the right quality of attention being taken seriously given help to work through your own problems you discover what resources you have that you never even knew you had and you start to be able to solve your own problems and then you feel confident going forward solving problems in your life and then you can be yourself and love it because you don't feel like you know you're not fit for life you're inadequate you can't deal with that that's that's going to make you depressed so how long have you been doing the other podcast because i only recently heard about this i think you posted up a video um we all want to fucking make money oh yeah yeah that's on youtube yeah, yeah. and that and that anthony is how i love my life basically is yeah. what i'm saying either of the things you're just exactly. uh, you're just a money making player man yeah there's some quite there's some quite nice short self help videos on youtube if you if people are interested you type in my name the be yourself and love it podcast is about six months old maybe a little bit older than that and at first i was just uploading interviews that i've done over the last four or five years with other people but recently i've been putting fresh new content on there excellent so, uh, so this is basically another branch of uh, sort of therapy. You're kind of uh, talking to obviously uh, a lot of listeners and stuff like that, and you're able to kind of advertise your books as well, which is fantastic. So it's mm. kind of more extra content as well. Yeah, definitely, and each fills into the other. I'm very fortunate because I put out the book in January, and January did the most hits of any month for Be Yourself and Love It, and February mm. did just slightly over twice as many hits as January, so it sounds like now I'm doing twice as many hits, um, uh, which is great, you know, because I'm putting out good information. I try and be very practical, not too, not too much philosophy. It's not that I don't like talking philosophy. I love it, but I want to put out stuff that people can apply and not just think about, you know, stuff that will really help. We all seem to forget that how big self-help stuff is. There's like tons and tons of self-help books out there. Mm. But you seem to be a kind of more down-to-earth guy. A lot of the self-help books I've seen have been people just sort of looking down on people, just saying, mm. you have to do this to get better. 
like the things like self-help millionaires and stuff like that. And you have to do this and you have to do that. And uh, you seem a bit more down to earth and you're sort of, well, you're not talking about trying to get people to be millionaires or anything like that. Right. Well, uh, I mean, so, yeah, well, yeah. I appreciate you saying that. It has to be down to earth because people have the information they need, like, in many ways. We all know how to eat better. We all know how to take more exercise than we're taking. The problem is we need to deal with our states because if we don't feel in a state where we do these things with ease, then... We're, we're, we've got a challenge, you know? So all of my media is like about making things easier, making it easier to make a positive change. Like my book, I've described it as a series of ramps, you know? Because if you want to climb that mountain, it looks very intimidating and you might not used to be, be used to be rock climbing. It might be too steep. But if we make some nice ramps, then we can get you to the top of the mountain. It might, you might need to go the long way around, but at least you can get there. And that's what everyone wants, you know, to, to feel at their capacities, that they're using the, you're, they're using the gifts, you know, that, that, mm-hmm. that they've got, whatever they are, that they're cultivating their abilities, that they're competent. That's it, that's it. So, uh, uh, oh, uh, I watched a video of yours a couple of days ago. I think Stephen actually had it on. And in that video, you were talking about uh, your disagreement with the the sort of mental health community who assume that depression is a a chemical imbalance in the brain, whereas your argument is that a chemical imbalance in in the brain is causing depression. Well, no, what I would say is depression, this so... Uh, say depression there's a there's a few things that happen correlated with depression like people have low serotonin levels and things like that and the the mental health field says oh they're depressed because they've got low serotonin levels for example i'm not being precise here um but how do you know that how do you know that it's that it's not the other way around, that because they're depressed, their serotonin levels are low. Because see, if this is the case, then the only thing to do is put them on drugs to give them more chemicals in their brain. Now, the problem with doing that is, and I'm not against the drugs altogether, like sometimes they can save people's lives. Definitely, no question about that, they have. But from my perspective, it shouldn't be a lifestyle choice to be on those drugs forever because you're not dealing with the underlying problem. Now, and they have side effects. So if you take those drugs for a long time, they start messing up your digestion because serotonin is used in the digestive system. They start messing up your immune system because serotonin is used in the immune system. So they're, they're, I'm, I'm for the drugs when they're given in a measured way. But now... But now the thing is, the whole society just says, right, if someone's got a problem, let's put them on drugs. There's studies to suggest that Prozac is as effective as at fighting depression as 20 minutes exercise a day. Now, granted, if you're depressed, the last thing you want to do is take 20 minutes exercise a day. I mean, it's the hardest thing to do. But this is a sociological problem about who are we as a society? Do we just want to put these people on drugs and fob them off and say, right, we put you on drugs now, 
you you deal with it yourself or could you create structures around getting people who had those similar problems together and um, to support each other um, to do that 20 minutes of exercise a day and if that works and that starts making people happier can we create structures you know can we make it easier for people to overcome like all of these conditions anxiety is so prevalent I suffer from anxiety thank you to yoga um, that's Re, uh, that's reduced a lot but I'll, I've done other things that help and I, I, again I know this is the last thing that an anxious person would want to do but I went out and I spoke to strangers I maybe spoke to like hundreds and hundreds of strangers and just, um, but I first in bars then I went out on the street and I and, and I just kept on and the, the great thing about that is it's so nerve wracking speaking to someone you know but nine times out of ten they're always friendly to you so you get anxious you do it then you calm down you do afterwards you feel less anxious then you do it again then you do it again so this is making people anti-fragile the society should be looking at ways to help people feel competent and confident and overcome their difficulties uh, not just put them on drugs because in, in years gone by the you know, you, you just die basically. You know, if yeah. you, uh, you know, if if you can't go out and farm for sixty-one hours a week in seventeen hundred and one A.D., you know, you just die. So basically, these conditions only come about in a situation of abundance. We've got everything. We're the most comfortable generation that's ever lived, but we're not the happiest generation who's ever lived because we're too fragile. And it's great that we have all the comforts and the technology. We wouldn't be speaking. We never would have met probably if not for this technology. So it's wonderful, yeah. but it needs to be balanced out with helping people become resilient and feel like they're confident and fit to take on the challenges of life and I just don't feel like our education or our parenting prepares us for life Would you agree that some of the issues that cause sorry, over, uh, over prescribing of uh, antidepressants and anxiety medication are caused by people not having uh, the time or the resources to, to physically help someone achieve these things in a better way for instance helping them set a schedule to mm. eat better and then go exercise and so it becomes much easier to just say get some drugs yeah definitely i mean it's the it's the they want to show that they're getting people through the system as quickly as possible so they give them some drugs and six sessions of cbt and they're they're thin on resources all of these things are very expensive uh, uh definitely helping someone like i prefer not to work with clients for less than three months right and that's even just that's even just to give them the the view of how much things can get better in three months they might, you know so so if you if you put your mind to it but all of this should have been established at school all of this stuff like setting a schedule like um getting exercise in a way that's suitable for you and your body so they don't just go alright you guys go out and play rugby why, why is a weedy guy like me going to play <laughs> rugby I didn't bring my 
gym stuff. I wanted to avoid, like, do you know what I mean? You need to look yeah. at the individual and say, how can we, and not in a competitive way. Competitive is fine for all the guys who are very comfortable kicking a ball around and enjoy it. But what about all the kids who are not comfortable? What about the ones that are overweight? What are the, about the ones like me who aren't overweight but had um, certain physical? You need to look at those kids and say, right, how can we get you to do some exercise in a way that's suitable for you and your body so you can get a little bit more confident, a bit more fat, a bit more flexible, a bit more strong. And then maybe in a couple of years' time, if you want to, you can go and do competitive sports. If you get these habits built into people when they're young, then you don't need to send them to the doctor for antidepressants. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because they're, so, they're... Go on, please. Sorry. Uh, so here's the thing. Uh, when I was at high school, I was not allowed to play rugby. I was not allowed to play football. I was not allowed to go in the swimming the swimming pool that I call it swimming pool it was a fucking puddle uh, I was not allowed to do any of these things because of the back issues right. and apparently because I've only got one kidney that also okay. played a role not sure how okay. I have no idea but when I was at primary school because it was less uh, less sort of Intensive. I don't know what was uh, yeah maybe but I enjoyed gym at primary school mm. but PE at high school seemed to be a much different thing because when everybody else playing rugby I liked rugby mm. uh, I was told to go in and do fucking maths or do oh, English work or some pitch so that was the garbage nonsense that I had to deal with when I, I used to enjoy I used to love basketball for instance basketball yeah, was my favourite thing in the world even though I'm like five foot three, so I was yeah. like half the size of everybody else. I used to enjoy that, but instead they, they put rugby there and then I was unable to do it and then it was just it became shit. I appreciate that. I'm so sorry that um, they mistreated you and they didn't actually find uh, a way to help you continue to enjoy taking physical exercise because they basically, ro- I mean, they, they basically exacerbated your position, your condition. Yeah. And... Yeah, I, I totally relate to the basketball thing because I was not sporty at all, but I could shoot a basket. So yeah. that was that was a sport that I really enjoyed because if someone chucked me the ball, there was a decent chance I'd get it in the net, even though yeah. I, you know I wasn't so good at tackling or yeah, yeah. you know and stuff like that. I could still shoot a basket and I could still pass the ball. So I really really enjoyed that. Well, I'm getting emotional here, lads. Uh, <laughs> well, what, what we could try and do now is move on to kind of something uh, more recently that's been happening. The snow has attacked Scotland uh, recently. Uh, we're all going to die. Wa- <laughs> I want to try and get into the psyche of a panic buyer, the kind of person that goes <laughs> into the show. <laughs> I was wondering if Anthony could help with that in any way. The psyche of a person that goes into a shop and feels that they need to buy... 12 bottles of limeade to last right. them a week just in case they might die at some point just because it's yeah. been a week of snow With could you could, could, <laughs> exactly need limeade or a uh, regular extra chewing gum because that's going to last them could you give us a, like a wee bit of an idea of, of the sort of person that feels they need to do that I, you know, 
I really don't know that I'm any wiser to the condition than you are. You know, when I went, yeah. it's funny because I went down to the shops today and it's interesting how not only was all the milk cleared off the shelves, but all of the soya milk and the hazelnut milk and I, like, oh, people, are people going vegan? No, 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 no. They just can't live without some form of milk in their coffee. But what they didn't realize, what they didn't realize that I do, because I, I usually buy soya milk rather than regular milk as they actually have a session section of the supermarket that sells them not in the fridge and these yes uh, these these novices who'd never (laughs) who'd never who'd never bought a milk substitute before didn't know about the ones that weren't in the fridge whereas i did so up yours I got I'm milk. Obsessed, you didn't. <laughs> fucking absolute fucking amateurs, man. Unbelievable. Yeah, no, I'm, drawing, I'm that, enjoying a cup of tea with with uh, soy milk in it <laughs> as we have this conversation. Have a we victory coffee, milk? man. A victory coffee. Exactly. Have we tried soy milk, Steve. We did. We did. Uh, we, we are not vegans. Um, yeah. We did. We have tried though. We done a bunch of different videos, sort of uh, trying different uh, vegan foods different kind of vegetarian ideas and substitutes and stuff. Uh, there was a few things we got through. There was like... Um, the spicy chicken was good. The spice, there was Again, again but I, if, I want to be, <laughs> if I want to be a vegan, I want to be... Right. Moving on to eating vegetables. Like, yeah. I don't want to be yeah. eating substitutes. I don't want to be eating stuff that reminds me of the past. Yeah. Because that'll, that'll just make me want to go back to eating chicken again. Right. Right. Aye, That's an interesting never going to touch the real thing. Yeah. It's never going to touch the real thing. And here's, I know, here's I know. the thing. We're both like vegans in mind, but we're right, too yeah. weak to actually become real vegans. Right. So we we're keep wondering how, how we're eating meat and we feel like shit for doing it, but yet we still we're just fucking dead. We, we, well, we are procrastinating from the veganism is what we're doing. Uh, right. Eventually, eventually you probably will drop it because you've got a conscience about it. And once that conscience appears... You can't get rid of it. I'm not. Yep. Fu- I'm not fully vegan. I occasionally have eggs or dairy, but I enjoyed the vegetarian lifestyle for coming up to ten years now, and I learned to cook so much better food. So, I guess I'd say if it's something you're interested in exploring, don't think about quitting all at once. Instead, think: Can I make a vegetarian meal tonight? And get used to doing that. Um, regularly and as you do it more you'll enjoy it more and uh, gradually the the meat will probably just fall away but I'm not like moralising or waving my finger I'm not really into that (laughs) yeah yeah well I got at this point the only thing I eat is chicken it's the only meat that I eat seems so like our our original idea for these videos before were that if we found maybe 10 things out of like eating maybe 30 if we found maybe 10 things Maybe we could then move on to sort of like adding it into your diet hmm. and then kind of like slowly getting rid of meat, hmm. uh, slowly getting kind of uh, rid of dairy. And the, the, they cannot crack dairy, hmm. I feel. They, we can, right. I mean, they have not cracked that yet. Yeah, the, the cheese, cheese is absolutely, hmm. oh, it's awful. We've tried a bunch of it yeah. and uh, not not good. Yeah, I've, I've not tried the vegan cheese uh, sorry, that that was really good so far. I have to say, I enjoy cheese, but it doesn't really agree with me. So I've got a good uh, reason not to eat it, and I, mm-hmm. I, right. I, 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 rare, I rarely ever have it. Um, 
my body doesn't like it, even though I like it. So that that that's helped me in that respect. Um, kind of not not, but um, yeah, I think like cashew nut milk. I'm enjoying that recently. Uh, not all the it sounds so fucking posh because you're not that but <laughs> again I don't feel the need to buy cow's milk because I right. feel like the that that's adequate for me I do like the corn stuff oh, I think but you said you prefer not substitutes like throughout I guess from my perspective when I went first went vegetarian which is almost 10 years ago now a lot of the stuff just plain did not exist. So I'm very impressed with the, the, the kinds of stuff they've come out to make it easier for us. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've enjoyed. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's probably about time. Uh, thank you very much, Andre, for uh, joining us, man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on your show to, to speak to you. I'll just um, say if anyone wants the Procrastination Annihilation book, get it from beyourselfandloveit.com forward slash do it and uh, I'm looking forward to speaking to you guys more in the future maybe we can do another podcast more of a conversation and less of an interview because I want to yep. know more about you guys too and no problem I'm definitely up for that be yourself well don't just be yourself be yourself and love it